From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. We're kicking it a little old school tonight. We're going to have this show come out right after AEW Dynamite. So it's, it's a little old school, you know what I mean? This is how we used to do it for the fight for Wednesday night days. If you ride with us from day one, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. But today we have a super stack show. We're not just talking about AEW Dynamite from tonight. Beach break. What a fucking crazy show that was. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. The go-home show before Royal Rumble. We're going to be talking about Dynamite, and we're going to go back in time, and we're going to be going to the land of extreme like we do on Wednesdays. We're going to be talking about ECW Hardcore TV, the next two episodes in 1997 in our journey in the land of extreme. But before we get into that, I got to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you for riding with me, all my passengers for the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I salute you guys from all over the world. The United States, Canada, Mexico, UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, Ecuador, Israel. The list goes on and on and on. I'm so humble and I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Become a Wrestling DeLorean passenger. Come along for the ride. Let's get into today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Royal Rumble Week. We have a huge weekend of wrestling action. Lots of speculation of what's going to be going down this Saturday at the premium live event for the WWE, the Royal Rumble. The second biggest show in WWE's calendar year. The start of the road to WrestleMania. The forbidden doors open. There's going to be surprises. There's going to be dream matches with Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. And I'm really excited. But before we get into that, I want to thank you guys for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're hearing this on Thursday, it's your morning routine on Thursday because this is coming out directly after Dynamite. So this will be your nightly routine, I guess. But technically, that's all technicals and nuances. Let's just get into the show. Thank you, everybody, for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Monday Night Raw, we had to go home show to the Royal Rumble. And to be honest, it could have been better. It could have been better. There's a lot of hype going into the Royal Rumble. And I am definitely excited. Like I said, it's just that the Monday Night Raw didn't really add to that excitement. It didn't take away from the excitement, but I just expected a better show. We did get good action, though. We did get good action. We got AJ Styles versus... Austin Theory, which I thought was a really good matchup. It's funny how AJ Styles resigns and all of a sudden he's winning matches on Raw. 
But AJ Styles is my pick right now to win the Royal Rumble. I think he's going to go all the way. That would be definitely a cool, you know, full circle story with AJ Styles debuting and in the Royal Rumble matchup in 2016, winning the Royal Rumble matchup six years later. I think that would be a really good story. We got a really good matchup between Randy Orton and Chad Gable. Chad Gable right now, he's on a roll. Chad Gable's finally getting some appreciation on that show, and I, I like to see it. We love to see it. You know, Chad Gable is a very talented star, and rubbing elbows with people like Randy Orton is only going to do him a great service, especially with Chad Gable and Otis beating Randy Orton and Matt Riddle for those tag team champions. We got a tag team title match. Well, we got a tag team matchup, not a title match. We had a tag team match between the Mysterios and the uh, Street Profits. Okay matchup. Still not a big fan of uh, Dominic. Rey Mysterio carried that matchup for his team. Big Street Profits fan. Let's talk about that dive. Montez Ford did a full Superman dive to the outside over the corner ring post. Talk about athleticism. Montez Ford is a guy who doesn't get a lot of credit. But this guy could fucking fly with the best of them. You know... In a world where we're all talking about the Ricochets and the Will Ospreys and the Sammy Guevara's and all these great high flyers, I don't see people talking about Montez Ford. Montez Ford is a very, very athletic guy. He's a very athletic wrestler. And he, you know, he, he deserves some flowers. Give the man his flowers. He's, he's fucking good. We had a United States Championship matchup between... Kevin Owens and Damian Priest, which Kevin Owens won by DQ. This is Damian Priest's first loss in a while, I think, since he's been the U.S. champion. And if this leads to Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest for the U.S. title and Kevin Owens winning the title, I mean, I'm all for it. But definitely, this is a nice little, you know, sub feud going on between Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. They have pretty good chemistry and mesh together well. We had the final hype on this show for both the Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Maurice and Miss Celebration and whatever that shit was. The Grit Couple versus the fucking It Couple. Like, to be honest, this feud is kind of like just there for me. I think someone like Edge should be doing something a little better going into WrestleMania. Not WrestleMania, but going into the Royal Rumble. And... I don't know. It's not. It's not moving me. Sure, the match would be great, but just the lead up is just a little lackluster for me. We also got the final build for Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. You know, Lesnar still making fun of Lashley, downplaying Lashley, saying things like "Bobby who," you know, and then laughing and walking away. It's it's funny because. Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar's career mirrored each other. Their professional career in MMA, NCAA amateur wrestling, professional wrestling. It's amazing that we're finally going to get these two going one-on-one, and I'm very excited for it. But with Brock Lesnar playing Bobby Lashley and acting like, you know, he's not... he Just acting like Bobby Lashley's a nobody... I mean, I don't see Bobby Lashley beating Brock Lesnar here. I see Brock Lesnar retaining the title going into WrestleMania, so you're kind of playing Bobby out. Unless Bobby Lashley just beats the ever-loving shit out of Brock Lesnar and earns his respect, and that's the story that they're going for. It just seems like you're going to play Bobby out in this whole story because you're going to have Brock Lesnar downplay him and then beat him. It's like, come on, 
you you don't want to do that to the star power of Bobby Lashley. There's not a lot of star power right now on Raw, so you don't want to do that to one of your top stars. Make him seem like he's just a nobody. Because we all know Bobby Lashley's not a nobody. But we I understand the story here that Brock Lesnar's just downplaying him. But that just tells me that at the Royal Rumble, Bobby Lashley better beat that ass. He better destroy Brock. And the way I see it is since Brock Lesnar is going to win, in my opinion, have Brock Lesnar at least acknowledge Bobby Lashley after the match. Give him a handshake, fist bump, some shit. Just to be like, wow, you did that. You know what I mean? Raw was okay, like I said. It didn't make me more excited for the show, but it didn't take away my excitement for the show. I gave it a two and a half out of five stars. I seen people like really shitting on this Raw, and it wasn't that bad in my opinion. People were saying, oh, where's Raw of 2022? I mean, maybe, but 2022 just started, so what are you saying? You know what I mean? We're still in the first fucking month, so what are you saying? Anyway, Royal Rumble, I'm looking forward to the card. I'm really excited. Men's and Women's Royal Rumble. There's there's rumors that Ronda Rousey was contacted by the WWE to be a part of the Women's Royal Rumble. There's rumors of who could be in the Men's Royal Rumble. Will the Forbidden Door be open? There's, there's a lot of excitement going into this Royal Rumble. A lot of excitement. And I think that it's going to be really fun and really cool to see what actually goes down this Saturday on Peacock for the premium live event, the Royal Rumble. Let's talk about tonight's AEW Dynamite. We had a crazy-ass episode of AEW Dynamite beach break in the middle of the winter in Cleveland. Didn't make much sense, but whatever. They had a great show. I don't care what you called it. You could have called it AEW on Mars. It was a fucking great show. And we started out hot. We started off real hot. TNT title unification ladder match for the undisputed TNT championship between the TNT champion Cody Rhodes and the interim TNT champion Sammy Guevara. This just had a bunch of sick spots. Sick ass, crazy ass bumps. At one point, Sammy Guevara did a fucking springboard on a ladder to another ladder hitting a fucking cutter from the top of the ladder on Cody. Check out the Wrestling DeLorean podcast Instagram page. I'm sure I'll post a clip with some cool-ass old-school new rock music or new metal music. Cody Rhodes hitting the crossroads from the fucking top of the ladder. Sammy Guevara hitting a fucking senton to the outside onto another ladder, off the ladder, ricocheting and hitting the floor. Just craziness. Craziness. Uh, At one point, Fuego Del Sol came out and Cody Rhodes pile-drive Fuego. Yeah, but Sammy Guevara is fucking nuts for some of the shit that he does. Like, it's insane the shit that he pulls off. Like, every time he does these crazy-ass spots, he does the, like, the, you know, I'm crazy fucking taunt, you know, with the finger in the head. You know what I'm talking about. You know, like, I'm local, you know what I mean? But he just keeps upping himself with the fucking crazy-ass bumps. I still have some gripes, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick, but I still don't like how Sammy Guevara is fucking no-sell Sammy, always no-selling shit. Like... He got hit with the crossroads off the fucking ladder, and within seconds, he's up. And he's running up the ladder, not even not even selling the injury, fucking running off the ladder. And see, that's the type of shit that I say AEW still needs to work on. It's not just Sammy, but it happens a lot in Sammy Guevara matches where he's taking fucking Canadian Destroyers to the outside through a table and popping back up. It's like, Sammy's a great wrestler. He just needs to slow it down and sell. 
Sell a little bit. Fucking make it seem like this shit hurts. Because it does. Fucking Sammy Guevara was on later on in the show with fucking cue cards during picture in picture like he usually does. And he's bruised up. You could see the fucking bruises on his body. Fucking act like it hurts because I know you're hurting right now. So don't fucking, you know, pop right back up with fucking giant ass spots. Like, come on, bro. Anyway, in the end, Sammy Guevara wins this amazing, amazing, amazing opening matchup. And it's a big victory for him. Definitely a big victory. Really cool. Cody put him over clean. But also, that means that, in my opinion, Cody didn't have to win the title in the first place. So, Sammy Guevara loses it on December 31st, wins it back on January 24th. There's only one match in between. So, why did he, why did he even need to be champion? You had Cody win the title and then lose it back to the guy he won it from in his first defense. So why did he need to be champion? That don't make too much sense. I don't know. I think that that was a little, you know, we could have had this title match without it being a unification title match. It kind of seemed like they tried to make Cody happy so he could resign. But I'm not, I'm not going to go into the business of the shit right now. We had a promo from Team Taz. Powerhouse Hobbs wants Dante next week. And Ricky Starks wants Jay Lethal next week on Rampage. I'm really looking forward to Jay Lethal and Ricky Starks. I think that together they can have good chemistry and put on a good matchup. Starks and Lethal are both world-class athletes. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. 
starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So definitely looking forward to that. We had Wardlow versus two jobbers here. He makes quick work of the jobbers. Daniel Garcia in 2.0 versus Chris Jericho in Pride and Powerful. The story of this matchup was Pride and Powerful was refusing to involve Chris Jericho in this matchup. And they they were just like, fuck it. You know, we're doing this shit on our own. We're going to show you that we don't need you, Jericho. Even though in the end, without Santana even knowing... Chris Jericho helped win the, the match with hitting the Judas effect without Santana seeing it. And then Pride and Powerful gained the victory. At the end, Chris Jericho was pissed off. He flips off uh, Pride and Powerful and walks away. I hope this does lead to a split. You know what I mean? I like the inner circle. But the inner circle is not really doing anything for anybody besides Chris Jericho. It's only beneficial to Jericho. Yes, Sammy Guevara is the TNT champion right now, but Sammy Guevara kind of, you know, spun off and did his own thing. Guevara is doing shit with uh, Fuego Del Sol more than he's doing shit with Jericho nowadays. So it's like, we, we don't even know where Jake Hager is. So right now the inner circle is like not really a thing. So why should Pride and Powerful be so tied down to the inner circle? No one else is. So it's going to be interesting to see where this leads to with Santana and Ortiz breaking away from Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho doesn't really have a partner to feud with Santana and Ortiz. I could see this becoming a feud, you know, when Eddie Kingston comes back with Jericho versus Kingston and Jericho saying, oh, you turned my boys against me, maybe something like that. But if we do get Jericho versus Santana and Ortiz, who's Jericho's partner? Or are we going to see Jericho versus Santana and Jericho versus Ortiz? At the end of the day, like I said last week, Santana and Ortiz needs more love. They deserve to be champions soon. They should have been champions. And they need to be on TV more. Lance Archer has a promo here with Dan Lambert and Jake the Snake Roberts. Two weeks in Texas is going to be Lance Archer versus Hangman Page for the AEW World Champion in a Texas death match. Looking forward to that one. The big story on this show, CM Punk comes out. He's dressed for action. Punk wants MJF. MJF comes out. He says he won't waste his time in Cleveland. Next week, he wants Punk in Chicago. MJF thinks that the people want this match, but they don't really want this match, he says. He says that not only is he going to win, but the people will finally see the real CM Punk. The Punk who blames everyone for his failures and never blames himself. He says that Punk will leave again when MJF wins. And he says that he didn't leave wrestling in 2005 like he said in his promo when he returned to professional wrestling. In his AEW debut promo saying that he left wrestling in 2005. He said that is not true. He said, let's be honest. The truth is he no-showed that Cleveland show, the post-Royal Rumble show in 2014. He says Punk doesn't give a damn about the fans, only gives a damn about himself. The same shit that a lot of people have been saying about Punk every single time they have a feud with him. Punk says that the best thing he ever did was leave and come back. 
he says that MJF, go back to, go to the back and lace up your boots. Let's get it on right now. Stop being a little bitch. If you want to fucking fight, let's fight. Punk says that he never lied to the people and says that he would rather be him and fail than be MJF and never show up. Showing up to autograph sessions when he was a kid and fucking looking at Punk like a hero and now being a little bitch and doesn't want to get into the ring with Punk. Punk stands by his decision, he says. He says that the people love him because he always gets back up. So MJF says, let's put that to a test. He says, you always get back up? Let's see you get back up. This leads to the pinnacle coming out. Sean Spears is not with them. Instead, Sean Spears attacks CM Punk from behind with the chair. FTR, Wardlow, MJF, they all get into the ring. Wardlow is just looking on. He's not joining in the attack, but FCR is giving fucking CM Punk the beatdown of a century here, along with Sean Spears taking Punk out with the chair. MJF then orders Wardlow to powerbomb CM Punk onto the chair, and Wardlow looks reluctant. The story of Wardlow breaking away, it's a slow build, but when it finally happens, this crowd's going to go ballistic. There was a part here where it was really subtle, but CM Punk is staring at Wardlow like, help me. Help me. And we're in Wardlow's hometown. So that crowd was strongly behind Wardlow. And I think it would have got a massive pop if Wardlow turned on MJF then and helped CM Punk. But that's not the story that they're going for right now. I think it will happen soon. But I don't think that it should have happened tonight. So I I agree with what they did. In the end, Wardlow does reluctantly hit the powerbomb onto the chair on CM Punk. MJF then sits, you know, the CM Punk style. You know, people call it Indian style. People call it pretzel style. But fucking cross-leg punk style. MJF sits on Punk's chest, taunts him, and says that next week it's Punk and MJF. You know what I mean? Does a lot of taunting, blah, blah, blah. It's finally going down in Chicago next week. CM Punk and MJF. Do we get a clean finish of that match? I highly, highly doubt it. I think that that's a feud that you're going to build up to the pay-per-view, double or nothing. And since it is going down next week in Chicago, if anything, I think MJF should win. MJF is the top heel in AEW. How much more heat can you get than being CM Punk's first loss? But not only CM Punk's first loss, but CM Punk's first loss in Chicago. Think about how big that would be. I think that MJF does beat CM Punk next week by shenanigans, though. Uh, we had a match between Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet. Eh, you know, I'm not really big into this whole Layla Hirsch being a fucking badass. Like, legit, she is a badass, you know, no pun intended. But this all her being a heel, like, I don't know, the character is not there yet. House of Black cuts a promo on Pac and the Death Triangle. It is announced that next week we're going to be getting Pac and Penta versus Malachi Black and Brody King. That should be a really good match. Right now we got two big matches signed. CM Punk and MJF, Malachi and Brody versus Pac and... Pentagon, that should be really good. Britt Baker comes out next. They have her PWI awards all on display. And she cuts a promo. She's talking shit about the Cleveland Browns. Talking shit about Baker Mayfield. She's talking shit about how Pittsburgh uh, Steelers are better, blah, blah, blah. The crowd is totally ignoring her. They're doing their, um, they're doing like Cleveland Brown chants, I guess. And this is dragged and dragged and dragged. And I was like, who's going to come out? Who's going to come out? Who's going to come out? And no one ever came out. It was a good promo, but Britt Baker still needs to let shit breathe a little bit. You got the heat from the crowd. 
let them boo. Get the reaction on TV instead of you trying to talk over them and then sound like, you know, you're trying to just sound louder than them. I don't care if you have a microphone in your hand. You're not going to sound louder than 10,000 people fucking screaming off their fucking lungs. So take that second. Taunt them a little bit more without saying anything. And then when they quiet down, continue the promo. That That's what a real heel would do. Bask in the heat instead of trying to overshadow the heat and fucking trying to talk over it. Bask in it. If you're going to talk shit about the hometown team, let them boo you. Don't talk still while they're booing you. Let that happen. Fucking shower in the fucking heat and then continue. But anyway, it kind of dragged. I thought someone's going to come out. No one ever came out. Main event. Lights out match. Adam Cole, Orange Cassidy. This was an absolute insane wild matchup. Right off the bat, AEW signed Danhausen. Beautiful. Brilliant. I love Danhausen. It's going to be great to see more Danhausen here on AEW television. Adam Cole went under the ring to get a steel chair and connected, or not connected, but holding on to the chair, he pulls out Danhausen from under the ring. Big pop from the crowd. You know, very nice, very evil. Really, really, really cool. I, I'm a big Danhausen fan, so I think that's awesome that he's in AEW. He fits right in. You know, he definitely fits right in with that crowd. Also, th- this just was an insane matchup. We had another insane, wild, crazy brawl with a lot of hardcore action here. Just like the main, just like the opening matchup, balls to the wall. We ended the same way. Like Bully Ray always says, I know Bully Ray ain't the most popular right now, but. He does make a good analogy that, you know, just like a KISS concert where they open up with Detroit Rock City and end with rock and roll all night. That's what AEW does on a weekly basis. They start out hot, they end hot. You know, sometimes it's not the best in between. But as long as they start out hot and end hot, it makes you believe that it's a good show. This was a great show because of how great they started out and how strong they finished. The main, the main spot in this was a crazy-ass bump from the top of the entrance tunnel through the fucking stage. And this time it wasn't cardboard boxes like Blood and Guts. This was actual plywood that they went through. And Orange Cassidy picked up the victory. The very first loss Adam Cole suffers in AEW is against Orange Cassidy. I'm okay with it. You know, I already see people complaining. Oh, Adam Cole's not a big of a star in AEW as he was in... Uh, WWE, blah, 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 NXT. Listen, Adam Cole signed for a long time. Him losing a matchup is not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt Adam Cole. If he loses the matchup, he loses the matchup. So what? Going What, he's supposed to be undefeated for the next five fucking years? Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy was a fucking phenomenal matchup. And people are leaving tonight's show saying, damn, that was a phenomenal matchup. I doubt people are like, oh, well, there goes Cole's push. Adam Cole's done for. He's, he, he lost. He's, he was, he's not as good as WWE's Adam Cole or Undisputed Era Adam Cole. Whatever, yeah. Great matchup. Overall, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Still don't know why it was called Beach Break. That don't make no fucking sense. It's fucking Cleveland in the winter. It's not like you did a show in Miami and you call it Beach Break. But anyway, regardless of what you call it, it was a great show. I enjoyed it, start to finish. This got a strong four out of five stars for me. AEW really proving me wrong. I fucking had a show two weeks ago, and I said it's AEW in a slump. And then the last two weeks, AEW was fucking kick ass. So no, AEW's not in a slump. 
I stand corrected. You know what I mean? I'm not too good. I'm not a fucking, you know, self-righteous know-it-all. If I'm fucking wrong, I'm wrong. And I'll tell you I'm wrong. And right now, I'm wrong. AEW is not in a slump. AEW just, you know, was transitioning, I guess. They, they're right now, they're killing it on TV. TBS should be very happy. And this show should hit the millions again, just like last week hit the millions in the viewership. Because this was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. A lot of good action. And next week is only going to be even better. But... That's enough about the modern times. Let's fucking strap in our seatbelts to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. And let's go back in time. ECW Hardcore TV, October 25th, 1997. And as a special treat, because we haven't done this in a while, I'm giving you November 1st, 1997 as well. We got a title change. We have a lot of good action and a lot to talk about. So let's get into ECW Hardcore TV right now. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. gentlemen this is extreme like we do on every wednesday we end the show off right we talk about ecw hardcore tv and on this week we have a super stacked episode of ecw hardcore tv it is the october 25th 1997 episode where the triple threat implodes in front of a raucous crowd in queens new york we have a title change we're gonna get into all that then we're going to be talking about the November 1st episode, 1997, Just As Crazy. We got a lot of hardcore bloodbaths. We have a fucking Mac Classic. And we have an ECW TV title match between Taz and Rob Van Dam. So, let's get into this super stacked episode of ECW. This is extreme right now. funny because every time I play that song the Pulp Fiction song before I start my you know episode on ECW 
I always expect uh, Jungle Boogie to hit off right after it because of, you know, I've seen Pulp Fiction like a thousand times. So every time I hear that, I just think of Jungle Boogie coming right after, you know, the opening scene with uh, fucking Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, whatever, you know. Let's, let's talk about ECW. That's what you guys are here for, not for my fucking movie rants. Let's talk about ECW, October 25th, 1997. Joey Styles welcomes us to the Madhouse of Extreme, the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York, and out comes the franchise, Shane Douglas, the ECW champion. He's with the main squeeze, the fucking queen of extreme Francine. He tells Queens to Fuck off. After they chanted his name, they're like, franchise, franchise. Like, fuck you. Because you know what? Y'all a bunch of Shawn Michaels. He says that New York City, you guys are a bunch of Shawn Michaels. All talk, but no deliver. And you guys didn't believe in me then. I don't want you guys believing in me now. Fuck off. I don't need you motherfuckers. This leads to Rick Rude coming out. Like we've seen the last couple weeks here on ECW, Rick Rude has a hand-picked opponent to challenge for the ECW champion to make Franchise a better wrestler. But this time, this time it wasn't just any hand-picked opponent. This time it was the stablemate of the franchise, Shane Douglas, the beast from the East, Bam Bam Bigelow. And there we have it. The triple threat implodes. Live in Queens, New York, opening match of ECW Hardcore TV, October 25th, 1997. We have the franchise Shane Douglas versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And boy, was that a great matchup. In the end, the franchise cannot take down Bam Bam. And we have a new ECW world champion in the opening matchup. Bam Bam Bigelow. And boy, is this fucking pissing off Candido. Does this piss off the franchise? Does this piss off Francine? Because the triple threat is no more. And their stablemate took the title from the captain. We have a new ECW champion. Holy shit, what a way to start. Got me excited for the rest of the show. And it was a great show. Because next up, we had Mikey Whipwreck versus Sabu. Sabu is, you know, taking it to Mikey in the beginning, as expected. But Mikey makes a comeback. Remember, Mikey Whipwreck ain't no pushover. Mikey Whipwreck is a former ECW champion. And as he's making this comeback, this leads to Rob Van Dam coming out. Mikey bulldogs Rob Van Dam through a table. But this just leads Mikey Whipwreck open for the Arabian face buster for the victory. One, two, three, Sabu. And in the international affair, in the main event, we got the newcomer, Just Incredible. Versus the Japanese icon, the great Sasuke, direct from Mishinoku Pro Wrestling. And this was awesome. First of all, when Sasuke hit the ring, the streamers filled the ring. A very awesome Japanese tradition when a wrestler who was respected gets into the ring. The crowd throws streamers into the ring. I always loved that. I especially loved it, you know, when Ring of Honor does it. But pretty good matchup. Good back and forth between these two. And surprisingly... Just incredible wins. He beat the great Sasuke, which at this point was a big upset. ECW is putting a lot into Just Incredible here. He beats a Japanese icon. Really good episode of ECW Hardcore TV. So good that I had to talk about another episode. But first, I'm going to give this episode a strong 4 out of 5 stars. Kept you on the edge of your seat from start to finish. Title changes. International action. Icons. Icons. Like, come on, 
this was a really good episode of ECW Hardcore TV. And then, November 1st, 1997, just seven days later, ECW put on yet another great episode of ECW Hardcore TV. So let's get into it. We got a recap of Rick Rude and ECW. He says that Rude wanted the franchise taken out. He wants Francine. And Joey Styles says, there is no honor amongst thieves, pimps, and whores. Opening matchup on this episode of Hardcore TV, we got little Guido teaming up with Tracy Smothers, the FBI, by the bing, by the boom, you know what I mean? No, forget about it. They're going against the Gangstanators. The Gangstanators. New Jack and Crotus. Half gangsters, half eliminators. New Jack and Crotus. And this is a mugging by Crotus and New Jack. They beat the ever-loving shit out of the FBI. This is just a bloodbath. But... Before the match could end, the Dudley boys attack. Ref Jeff Jones does a quick three count. One, two, three. The FBI gets the victory. All because of the Dudley boys hitting the 3D on New Jack. The FBI is your new ECW Tag Team Champions. Say it ain't so. Tracy Smothers and Little Guido are now the ECW Tag Champions. No one expected them to beat New Jack and Cronus. But a little help from Bubba and Devon. They did. Maybe Bully Ray should apologize for that. Anyway, this leads to Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten coming out. The hardcore chair swinging freaks. They brawl with everybody. This leads to the next matchup. We just go right into it. The hardcore chair swinging freaks versus the Dudleys. Judge Jeff, Judge Jeff Jones is still the referee. New Jack and Crotus brawl with the FBI into the ring. All four teams. This is just like a hardcore prison fight scenario at this point. It's just craziness craziness but remember we still have a match in the ring between balls and axel and 3d referee john finnegan comes in he takes out jeff jones this is just the wild west chaos shit you know on on monday's episode when i'm talking about gcw with the wild west and people hating on cardona and the uh joey janela match i was like i like it because like all those run-ins reminded me of ecw and we're in fucking the hammerstein which is ecw territory and shit this is the type of shit I'm talking about. This is very reminiscent of what we saw on Sunday. This was ECW. Bunch of run-ins. Sometimes it made sense. Sometimes it didn't make sense. But it was fun. Because that's the product that they have. We don't need logical booking. You know what I mean? We don't need WWE style booking on a fucking GCW show. We don't need a WCW style booking on an ECW show. So enjoy it for what it is. It's a different product. It's an alternative. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch. Anyway, Axel Ryan hits the death drop on Devon onto a chair. Balls and Axel get the victory. Tommy Dreamer returned in Queens. He took out the ring announcer guy from CZW a couple years later. But Tommy Dreamer's back in ECW. We got an absolute classic tag team title match. Not a title match. Tag team match after this. It is crazy to see. Such a pure wrestling tag match right after we saw an absolute bloodbath Wild Wild West shoot-off between Balls and Axel versus Team 3D and the Gangstanators versus the FBI. We're going to have a Matt Classic here as Doug Furness and Phil LaFon go against Chris Candido and Lance Storm. If you remember, Candido and Lance Storm put on a solid match two weeks ago. This time, they want to be a tag team. Candido's scouting Storm for the triple threat. The chemistry between these two teams was absolutely amazing. This was a great, great matchup. Go out of your way to see this. Pure wrestling. 
ECW didn't just have the blood and guts. They had pure wrestling. This was a great matchup. Candido and Storm win. Main event, we have an ECW TV title match. Taz versus Rob Van Dam. Really good back and forth matchup. Of course, Sabu comes out. That's the MO of RVD and Sabu matches. Tommy Dreamer comes out. He fights off Sabu. Taz hits a huge Tazplex onto Rob Van Dam. This leads to the Pitbulls and Lance Wright coming through to the back door with white suits on. The match gets thrown out here. Taz fights off the Pitbulls. The Pitbulls, RVD, and Sabu, they jump Taz and Tommy Dreamer. They go to bury Taz with the WWF flag. Absolute disrespect. You know, the biggest sign of disrespect you could do to an ECW wrestler is bury him under the flag of the WWF. RVD calls this the new WWF arena. Taz gets up, fights off everybody. Bam Bam Bigelow comes out. The new ECW champion, he comes out. He has Taz's back. He takes out everybody. Everybody retreats. You got Bam Bam and Taz in the middle of the ring. Bam Bam tries to show Taz a sign of respect. Taz says, fuck off. He tells Bam Bam, you must got it confused, boy. He says that you may be the world champion, but he is the real champion of ECW, the television champion. He says that he hopes one day they go face-to-face, and he hopes Bam Bam knows that I'm taking that title too. This leads Bam Bam to be like, fuck you. They get in each other's face. They have a big-ass pull-apart. The crowd is going wild. We have security. We have fucking the whole locker room trying to break these guys apart. Bam Bam and Taz are going to be embarking on a very memorable rivalry. I'm so excited to see it. This was another great episode of ECW. I gave this a 4.5 stars out of 5. This was even better than the last episode of ECW, and I was fucking riding high on that episode. So right now, ECW Hardcore TV is so much fun to watch, and I will continue covering it here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast every Wednesday. I hope everyone has a great, great, great day, great night if you're hearing this when it comes out on Wednesday night. Enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. Catch me on Friday. I'm going to give the rundown to the whole Royal Rumble. I'm going to fucking give you the rundown of everything that happens on Impact Wrestling tomorrow night. We're talking Rampage. We're talking SmackDown. And we're talking about the Royal Rumble. So tune in on Friday to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow along on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Stay safe. Stay positive. Stay strong. I love you guys. I appreciate all the support. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.